the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The church, what is she built on? What is its foundation? We'll talk about that today on Times of Refreshing. We call it the church, but what is it exactly? Well, is it a building, four walls, a ceiling, some stained glass windows, a place where we can sing for an hour and listen to a guy talk for another hour? Or is it much more than that? Well, according to Jesus himself, here in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20, he gives us a very clear indication as to what the church really is. Welcome to Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. We invite you to join us here in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman now with today's program. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Others, Jeremiah a one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, it's Matthew 16, verse 17. He says to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, which is little stone, for flesh and blood has not Revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then look at verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, Peter is little stone. I will build my church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. Look at verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, the massive rock of revelation, that Jesus was the Christ. He says, I will build my church. Somebody say church. Now the word church in the Greek is ecclesia. And ecclesia is a compound word which essentially means to be called out. It is the called out company. And so what Jesus is building, he's building something that has been called out of something. Number one, the church has been called out of the world or the world system. There's a new way of thinking. There's a new way of doing things. There's a new way of understanding from a cultural standpoint what the kingdom really means. God is not against culture as long as it does not conflict with kingdom culture. And so God calls us out of the world and the world system. He calls us out of the the rule of our flesh. All of us were born into sin and shaped in iniquity. 
And by nature, we do what's wrong. You don't have to teach your children to do wrong. They just start doing it at a certain time and point because our nature is defective. All of us were in Adam. And when Adam sinned, we all sinned and were poisoned by a sin nature. This is the reason why we must be born again. And God teaches us the value of denying our old man and embracing the new man in Christ. The old you must die daily so that the new you can live. And God, through the power of his spirit, the power of the divine nature, the power of his word, he comes in and he teaches us to have dominion and rule over our flesh instead of allowing our flesh or our old nature, our lower nature, to have dominion over us. He calls us out of that. And then ultimately, he calls us out of the dominion of Satan, his rule and government in our life. And for all of us, we have to see that we were all in bondage to the devil's, his, his, uh, his plan and purpose for our lives. We were taken captive, if you will, the scripture says. Captive by him to do his will. Well, Jesus comes along and he frees us from the chains and the bondage of Satan's influence in, in our lives and his dominion over our lives. And he calls us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And so for us, we have to see that we are, the church is the called out company. The church is not just a social club. Can I have an amen? The church is not just a play, place where we come to hear a good message and then, you know, if we like it, we like it. If we don't, we don't. No, this is serious business, y'all. And Jesus said upon this massive rock of revelation that he is the Christ, that he would build his church. The church is not man's idea. We have to never, never forget this, y'all. The church is not man's idea. The church is God's idea. It is his plan. It is his desire. It is his purpose. It's something that he has dreamed and envisioned. And he's called us out of bondage, out of the world, out of the destructive nature of our flesh. And he's translated us into his kingdom and the dear kingdom of his son. And he's called us now to be a part of the church. And the church is not just an organization. It's a life-giving organism. That continues to grow and mature and continue to prevail in the earth. And for us as saints, we have to see how special it is to be a part of the church. The church globally, but then also the church locally. God takes the desolate and he places them into families. He causes us to be a part of the family of God. And so I'm not a person that, that, that does a lot of bad-mouthing when it comes to the church. Because I understand that the church is something that God has established and instituted in the earth to help to bring people out of bondage. And no, the church may not be perfect yet, but Jesus is perfecting her. And for all of us, we have to see how important it is for us to be a part of the church. And to understand that the church is ultimately God's idea. It wasn't my idea to plant a church. I was in my, 
I was in my prayer room on 72 Incline Green in Alamo, California, minding my own business, just praying and seeking God. And as I begin to pray by myself, the Spirit of God began to tell me that He wanted me to plant a church. It was a time. And at that moment, I picked up the phone. And you see what Pastor David said. I called Pastor David. And we went through this whole process. And when it, when it when it was clear that this is something that God wants to do from my pastor and from everybody, we went through the whole process. The Spirit of God gave me the name of the church, the well. Then the Spirit of God began to give me a seven-point vision for the church. Then the Spirit of God began to give me insight into the, the mission of the church. And from day one, anybody who has been a part of this church from the very beginning, we have never deviated from that vision and from that mission in terms of the church. And for me as your pastor, I want you to understand that I know that this is not my church. It's not something that I was thinking about doing or even, quite frankly, wanted to do. But I knew that this is something that God had called me to do. And with all the confirmation, it was clear and God began to move as we, as we stepped out in faith and obedience to God. But the thing that always bothers me as your pastor, it troubles me. And let me say this to y'all, it keeps me up at night. For 15 years doing this, it keeps me up at night constantly thinking to myself, Lord, am I doing this exactly the way that you want it? Not the church down the street, not what I saw on TV, not what somebody in the church wants me to do, not what my friends are doing over there. And not what looks good for someone over there. The thing that I'm constantly thinking is this is not my church. This is his church. And I am a steward along with these elders. And our job is to find out exactly how he wants it to be done. And thank God he's given us a great point of reference for how he wants us to be done. Amen. But this is the thing that is constantly on my mind. Is, God, I want this to be done the way you want it. Exactly the way you want it. Because upon this rock, you are building your church. And it's yours. It belongs to you. You all are his sheep. You all are his children. You all are the ones that he called out of darkness. And you all are the ones that he's pursued. You all are the ones that Jesus died for. You are the ones that Jesus bled for. You are the ones that he was scourged for. He was rejected for. He went down to the grave for. He got up out of the grave for. And is sitting on the right hand of the Father for. And I want to know, how did we build this the way you want it to be built? Can I have an amen in here? And that's the thing that constantly is, moves me. So sometimes when you guys see me and I'm, and you know, well, pastor, he doesn't want to do this. He want, I want to check with the chief apostle. Can I check with the chief apostle to make sure it's being done his way? Can I have an amen, y'all? And so for us, 
It's important that we understand that it was his desire and it's his idea and the church belongs to him. The church is his body. He wants to move in and through us. And as we are fitly joined together by the power of the Spirit of God, he wants the hands to function a certain way and the arms to function a certain way and the, and the legs to function a certain way. And we are part of the body of Christ, jointly fit together. The Bible says that the church is also the bride of Christ and that the bride is making herself ready. Jesus is not coming down He's not coming down to receive a broke down bride. And he surely isn't coming for Bridezilla. He's coming back for a strong bride that has made herself ready, that has gotten cleaned up, washed up, sanctified. Filled with the Holy Ghost. The power of God is upon her and she is ready. And all the spots and the wrinkles are being removed from her so that when the bridegroom comes, the bride has made herself ready. And this is the reason why, from a church standpoint, that we're, we talk about sin. We talk about coming out of bondage. We talk about death to self. We talk about not being selfish. We talk about those things. Why? Because Jesus Christ is not coming back. He's coming back for us, a bride that's without spot or what? Wrinkle. And it's our job to make sure that we're getting washed in the word. That we have accountability over our lives as Christians. So that we're in an environment where other people can hold us accountable and they're doing it in love so that we can get ourselves ready for his return because Jesus is coming back, y'all. The Bible calls us the temple of the Holy Spirit. That we are the temple. That you're not only individually are you the temple... But collectively, we all are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a dwelling place for God. We are his residence. He abides within us. And we and he is building us, constructing us, and making us ready for his return. And he wants us to be, he doesn't want us to be a disjointed temple. We have the foundation. We have the chief cornerstone. And we have all the pieces that we need to be a beautiful place where the Spirit of God dwells and abides. And that's what every single local church should be. And for us, we have to see that. Yes, I am the temple, but we are the temple of the living God. Amen? The Bible calls the church a house. He calls the church a household. He calls the church the family of God. And for us, we have to see that when we get born again, we become a part of a church that we're becoming a part of, becoming a part of something that's bigger than us. And we have to keep in mind that Jesus Christ is not coming back to receive the nations, if you will. He's not coming back. For this country and for that country and for this country and for that country. He said that he was building his what? He's coming back for the church. The nations are already subjected to him. The nations. Jesus, that's the easy part for him. The hard part is to get people to realize 
that they need to repent. They need to change and they need to accept his love and to be born again. So that they choose the Lord out of a willing heart because they see his love that he's extended towards them. And that he's brought change and he's willing to bring change in their life if they receive it. And so for us, we have to see that the best thing going on the planet, as bad as she is right now, is the church. But it's a shame. Sometimes we we put more value on the worldly things than we do in the church. We don't value serving in the church. Becoming a part of your local church. We don't value getting really really into the flow of the body of your local church and we spend more time on all of our earthly and worldly things not realizing that Jesus Christ is not coming back for those things he's coming back for you and we and he's coming back for his church and we have to be people that love the church I love church I love being a part of a local church. I love having a church family. And yes, I've got some sheep bites. Because sheep do bite. But it hasn't stopped me. I haven't got bitter and angry and said, I'll never go to a church again. I just want a home church now. I'm not into all that stuff. I, 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 I know because that's not the church that Jesus Christ said that he was building. The church that he's building has structure. He said house, temple, has structure, has government, has foundation, has authority, has power, has, has the anointing. The church that he's building has leadership and accountability. And we all need this. And I'm so grateful that I've never become tainted and slanted and have unforgiveness in my heart towards the church, even though I've been through all kinds of stuff, even as your pastor. I've been lied about. I've been talked about. I've had all kinds of people say this, that, and the other about me. And my wife, she sat back and has seen me be falsely accused and people say this and that and point the finger and this and, and she's seen it all. My wife, praise God, she just looks at it and say, keep on doing what you're doing, honey. Keep on going for God. It don't matter. Can I have an amen? And so if anybody in the church that have a little bit of something in themselves concerning the church, maybe it should me be me, but I don't because I love the church. I love God's people. And sheep can bite. And that's fine. But then sheep can go too. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and tell them, wow. But it's not going to stop me from the vision and the mission that God gave me in 72 Incline Green in Alamo, California. It's not going to stop me from continuing to preach the word of God and loving on people and being a blessing. And forgiving people and walking in the love of God and continue to give God the glory for all the great things that he's done. Because Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. And we want to love the church. Get your family plugged into the church. Get around people that love God and are serious about 
about God and what he's doing. And never forget, the church has an enemy. Look at verse 18. And I say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades, the devil and his principalities and his powers and the wicked wicked rulers of the darkness of this age, the spiritual host of wickedness and heavenly places is constantly trying to batter the church, constantly trying to take people out of the church, constantly trying to get people to stop going to church. Constantly trying to get people to stop reading their Bibles. Constantly trying to get people to connect to Christ and his message. It's constantly trying to bring doubt concerning the church. And then the church hasn't done a great job in the terms of living holy and doing the things that we've done. So the slander is on 100 right now. But Jesus is raising up a bride that is without spot and without wrinkle. Can I have an amen? And there is a remnant out there that will not bow their knees to Baal. There is a remnant out there that will not turn away from God. There is a remnant out there that will not eat the king's pleasantries. There is a king, there is a people out there that will not submit to the influences of Satan. And I love it. He said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. This is a, this is a, this is a promise, y'all. The gates of hell are not going to be able to stamp out the church that Jesus Christ is building. It's not going to happen. And there's not going to be able to withstand, withstand the pressure that the church places on the gates. They shall not be victorious. That word in the Greek, um, prevail, it means victorious. We have the victory as the church. And God is continuing to raise up church. There's nothing. I mean, I just imagine. I mean, I just sit back and just imagine and just think about all the thousands of people that have been blessed by this church. Thousands. Television. Radio. All the countries that we've been to. Preaching all over this country, ministering the gospel, taking the word of God into stadiums, taking the word of God into churches, taking the word of God into the, up in the woods places, preaching to, to 15, 20 people, and people getting touched, preaching all over the place. And, they, and I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about you. You on your job, you and your family, you ministering to this person, you ministering to that person. You, we got people that have joined this church today that were homeless and somebody in this church that just got out of jail ministered to them while they were sitting there homeless and then that person comes to the church and gives his life to Christ. And then I just saw him up on the altar here joining the church today and I look back and I say, God! You can change anybody's life. And the church is an unstoppable force in the earth. Can I have an amen, y'all? It's a blessing to be a part of a good church, a healthy church, a church that believes in the power of God and believes in the grace of God. It's a blessing knowing that all of us have an enemy 
that wants to stop us. But the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They, the people can try to curse the church, but it's not going to stop it. People can hate the church, but it's not going to stop it. People can lie on the church, it's not going to stop it. People can, people can say the church is ineffective, but it's still not stopping it. People can say that the church will never have any influence in the earth, but it's not going to stop it. Because Jesus said, the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's important for every single one of you to become a part of a local church. And don't just attend. Get involved. Get involved. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.